0: Rooms to Let by Margaret Mahey and Jenny Williams Mr Murgatroyd hung a sign on the front door of his house. Rooms to Let He was small and shriveled and as bitter as medicine because of the mean, hard life he had led and he talked to himself because of his loneliness. How much shall I charge for my rooms, he asked himself. (laughs) He chuckled. "'Too much!' he declared so sharply "'that the key rattled in the lock, probably from fear. "'One day Mr Murgatroyd heard an unusual-sounding knock on the door. "'It was a light, soft knock, as if a bird was tapping with its claw. "'Mr Murgatroyd listened, turning down the corners of his mouth. "'Finally he went to the door and opened it. "'There stood a little wispy woman.' Vague as thistledown, her nose pink at the tip and her hair a bit stringy around her ears. I would like to live in one of your rooms, she said shyly. Come this way, said Mr Murgatroyd. Shuffle tap, shuffle tap, went the old woman's footsteps. She had a wooden leg. I should warn you that I'm going to charge too much, Mr Murgatroyd said crossly. The little woman sighed a rustly sigh. That is what I always have to pay, she said. Mr. Murgatroyd showed her to her room and left her there. As he was going back down the stairs, he heard another knock at the door. Just an ordinary knock this time. He grinned and slid like a wicked shadow to open it. There stood a man with a mermaid in a wheelbarrow. Have you rooms, the man asked. I have, said Mr. Murgatroyd. The mermaid smiled at him through her net of yellow hair, and Mr Murgatroyd blushed. We will take one, the man said. We will have a room with a bathroom. My wife likes a bathroom. You have to share the bathroom, said Mr Murgatroyd quickly. "It's only one. Then we'll have a room right next to it, declared the man triumphantly. Mr Murgatroyd shuffled his feet uneasily. I ought to mention that the rent is too much, he said nervously. My dear fellow, it's always too much, isn't it? The man replied. Mr Murgatroyd went back to his room. He did not look so sure of himself any more. A crack in the ceiling grinned down at him. The wind outside laughed and rattled his window. Oh, things aren't going to be as easy as I thought, Mr Murgatroyd said to himself. Knock, knock went his front door again. Mr Murgatroyd got wearily to his feet and went back to open it. Outside stood Mrs Piper, looking like a rainbow, all patched and stitched, while behind her, hanging on to her left hand and her right hand, and stretching far down the street, were twenty children, all stitched and patched too. Ah, Mr Murgatroyd dear, said Mrs Piper, I see you have rooms to let. No children allowed, cried Mr Murgatroyd, seizing the door handle anxiously. Anyhow, I charge too much, he warned her. Mrs Piper blinked. Not even if I pay much too much, she asked. Mr Murgatroyd could not resist the thought of much too much. All right, he said, all right. But you see that you keep those brats of yours in order, Mrs Piper, or the house won't be worth living in. Oh, a few children make a house homey, said Mrs Piper, and she shooed her scrambling, rambling family with Mr Murgatroyd leading to the big rooms at the back of the house. Finally, there was only one room left. Who would come for that? Mr Murgatroyd scrunched his head down between his shoulders. Now he had a little wispy woman with a wooden leg, a man who pushed his mermaid wife in a wheelbarrow, Mrs Piper and her twenty children. There's nobody much left who could surprise me, thought Mr Murgatroyd. Knock, knock went the door. Mr Murgatroyd opened it only a crack. There stood a large, black bear. Good evening, said the bear. Mr Murgatroyd wanted to shut the door, but he was afraid the bear might beat it in with his huge paws. What do you want? he whispered. A room, said the bear. I'm learning to play the flute. I need a small, quiet, plain room suitable for fluting in. I charge too much, Mr. Murgatroyd said, still in a whisper. Curious, the bear remarked. I always pay too much. He marched inside and peered with small, bare eyes at the faded carpet and the dull, dingy staircase. In one of his paws, he carried his flute in its case. This house suits me, he said. He pointed down the hall. I'll take that room. A bear, declared Mr Murgatroyd in disgust. A bear. Mrs Piper and her twenty children. A man and his mermaid wife. A wispy little woman, peg-legged like a pirate. What sort of tenants are these? A slow smile spread across his face. Think how they'll fight, he muttered. All I've got to do is wait. Wait and they'll fight each other out into the street again, and then I'll get new tenants. I don't fancy this group, even if they are all paying too much. All the quietness of Mr Murgatroyd's house had gone. Up and down the stairs the children ran and slid and shouted and laughed. The little wispy woman's sloppy slippered foot went flup flup flup, and her wooden want went clunk, clunk. The bear played strange bear tunes on his flute. And in the bathroom, the mermaid wife made a sound like a musical gurgling. And sometimes she sang weird watery songs and splashed water everywhere with her tail. Just wait, just wait, Mr. Murgatroyd muttered. They'll be fighting soon. But this was not all. Miss Whispy brought home potted plants and had a window box put up outside her window and planted it with parsley, radishes, and petunias. Flop-clunk, flop-clunk, she went as she tended her garden every day, watering and weeding. Mrs Piper and all her twenty children took up painting and filled the house with pictures of hills and oceans and the wild leftover bits of the world. Besides, they painted the kitchen door blue and the staircase pink and they painted bright pictures on the wall all the way up the stairs. The mermaid wife sat in the bath and gurgled or sang, depending on her mood. Her husband spread crumbs and honey on the window sill, so that the birds and butterflies came from far away to sit and feast in his room. And a brown bear with a violin came to play duets with the black bear who played the flute. Mr Murgatroyd did not know what to do. They'll be fighting, he promised himself. Soon they'll be fighting. But they didn't fight. The mermaid and her husband loved the pink staircase and the bright pictures on the wall. The twenty children laughed to see the birds and butterflies flying around in the house and stood quietly to listen to the bear's flute. The bear loved to play flute accompaniments to the mermaid's songs and Miss Whispy made sandwiches for everyone. At night, Mr Murgatroyd would creep into the hall and listen. They're all in the mermaid's room singing, he'd guess. Or is it Mrs. Piper's? Anyhow, they're all happy. When is the fighting going to begin? He wandered up and down, peering at the pictures on the wall. They're just pictures of hills, he said. What's so special about them? He blinked and turned his back on them. But one day, Mr. Murgatroyd woke up and there was a new feeling in the house. There was noise and moving as usual but it felt and sounded very purposeful, as if all the moving was in the same direction. It was like the rustle of a river, or the roaring of the sea. Mr Murgatroyd looked out into the hall and saw it was filled with bags and bundles. The bear's flute lay there in its case. Miss Whispy's best potted plant was there. The mermaid's wheelbarrow was parked by the door. What's going on? asked Mr Murgatroyd. Mrs Piper, who was coming down the pink staircase, her arms full of clothes and toys and satchels and books, smiled at him. Oh, Mr Murgatroyd, we're all moving out. We've grown tired of paying too much and we get on so well, we thought we'd be up and off and find some other living place. It may be a forest, it may be a hill, it may be a cave by the sea where we can sing and watch the birds fly and the plants grow or listen to the music of flute and fiddle. Mr Murgatroyd blinked at her and went back to his small, ugly room. Good, he said. That's good. I'm getting rid of all of them at once. Now I'll get some ordinary tenants, ones I don't have to worry about. I wonder where they're going. He squinted through the keyhole and saw his strange household milling and moiling in the hall, rather like a hive of bees about to swarm. Then the bear struck up a tune on his flute. They all hoisted their baggage and off they went. Mrs Piper and her twenty children, all with their bright bundles, the man wheeling his mermaid wife in the squeaky wheelbarrow, the peg-legged Miss Wispy, carrying a potted plant almost as tall as she was and the bear fluting a silver march for them to walk to. Mr Murgatroyd saw them go. Good, he said. Good. But he didn't feel as happy as he expected he would. Mr Murgatroyd began to prowl over his newly emptied house. It was very, very quiet, but still bright with pictures on the walls and the pink staircase. Ivy had grown all over the walls of Miss Wisby's room. The bath was filled with sand and shells and seaweed. Only the bear's room was just the same as it had ever been. Suddenly Mr Murgatroyd knew that the house was his no longer. His strange tenants had made it their own, then left it behind them. Mr Murgatroyd didn't want to stay there any more. Why, I miss them, he thought amazed and frightened at the thought of missing anyone. He ran to his paint pot and painted a new sign and stuck it up outside his house. Rooms to let. Free. Then he packed his toothbrush and nightshirt in a bright bundle of his own and ran out of the door. Far, far up the road, he saw the procession of his tenants skipping along, looking like butterflies in the sunlight. "'Wait!' called Mr Murgatroyd. "'Wait for me!'